podcast is recording. We are on. We should be able to hear ourselves and see ourselves pretty <laughs> clearly at this point now. Um, <clears throat> let's make sure we're all in frame here. Oh my God, there you are. Looking beautiful. Oh, such a nice thing to hear. All right. So uh, this podcast is about pace. We're continuing to talk about open water swimming, open water training in general, uh, and pacing should be part of swimming no matter what, mm -hmm. but pace for endurance or distance events, especially like open water, is a really important skill to work on, uh, to develop, and to know. And I think probably understanding pace is the most difficult thing to wrap your mind around. Um, well, I think a lot of water. people don't know what pace is. What do you mean by that? How did As a kid, we had to do pace work. Ready, go. No so explanation. And I was like, pace, okay, I can make that interval. I'm just going to swim. And so I didn't even understand the concept of what pace was or why it was beneficial until like two years ago at one of your practices. I never understood pace work, and I was just like, this must be an excuse for me just to do whatever I feel like, right? That's what every other 14-year-old kid was thinking, except, that, true. except the one. Except the one. There's always one. There's always one. There's always one. Um, so what, what is pace? Why don't you define it? Uh, I, I think of pace as <clears throat> knowing what speed you're traveling, coupled with what level of effort you're putting forth. Okay. So, for example, if I perceive myself as going 90 to 100% effort, I should have a sprint pace at that point. But that doesn't necessarily mean that, right? I have to right. know my times to actually understand that. So, if I was doing all out 100 freestyle, mm -hmm. I would expect to be close to 50 seconds for that 100 freestyle. That would be my pace. But if I was going all out and I touched the wall and I was like a minute, but I felt like I was going hard enough to go a 50, mm -hmm. I don't know my pace. I was spinning my wheels at that point. Does that, I know that's not like a clear cut definition of pace, but I think pace is two things. It's the speed in which you actually travel and the effort in which you're putting forward. Okay, right. that's a nice clean way to say it. The speed in which you actually travel and the effort in which you're putting forward. Right, and I think it's very difficult to understand that just because you're putting forward a lot of effort in the water doesn't mean you are traveling very quickly. Well, you also you have to figure speed. out how your level of effort coincides with the time you're actually going. So like this takes a little time to know and understand. You're not just gonna yeah. come in for your first workout of like being told the word pace know what to do it does start with the very first workout though so what i mean by that is but you're no not matter, gonna know i wouldn't know no you're not gonna know that's, that's what i'm saying you wouldn't know right so you need to as a swimmer you need to be paying attention to your times it's something that i talk about all the time with all of my swimmers and when I do coach certification classes, knowing time in swimming is probably the best measurement that we can use to determine progress. Mm -hmm. So if, if you've been sitting on the couch for six months and you're like, you know what, I'm gonna get back into the water, I'm gonna start swimming again. You need to check the times on that very first day to know 
that you suck, right? It's like, oh, I swam my 50 in two minutes, mm -hmm. which, you know, for me would be really slow. For some people, maybe not. But you need to know those times so as you progress, you can go, oh, three weeks ago, I was swimming my 50 in two minutes, but now I'm swimming my 50 in a minute 30, right? So that's understanding not just how you progress, but also understanding pace. Right. Um, when you're in the, the pool itself, it's a little bit easier to determine pace because you have clocks and you kind of have people around you to kind of judge off of. I always preferred a dotted black line so you could kind of tell As how opposed fast to the solid one? Yeah, because then you can kind of see if you're moving past those dots I faster. don't know if I've ever swam in a pool with a dotted black line. It's usually not the full length. It's usually like the first, I don't know, 15, maybe 20, not 20. Someone's swimming yards. in some fancy pools over here. I'm fancy. I didn't know. I'm very fancy. This is the way it works. Um, being fancy. <laughs> this is how being fancy works. Exactly. <laughs> um, so in a pool, it, it's not easy to know your pace, but it is easier to know your pace versus open water. So you have to start the process, the learning process in open water so that, I'm oh, sorry, did I say in open water? You need to start the <laughs> learning process, it's early, um, in, in the pool, yes. something that's measurable. You know I can do repeat 100s, I can do 10 100s mm -hmm. on the same exact pace, meaning I'm going to go 10 100s on X, we'll say two minutes, mm -hmm. and I know what that feels like, I can do it blindfolded, I can do it without a clock, I can do it. Who know, wants to see that? Who I wants to it. see it? I can do it. Um, Next time, swimming blind <laughs> with Dominic Latella. That's right. Um, so knowing that pace in the pool for those shorter distances, mm -hmm. eventually you get to know those paces, then you can build off of those paces for longer distances in the pool, and then you can start to track those paces in open water. It is different in open water because of currents and wind. Right. Right? But knowing your perceived effort, can translate into open water, even though you might not be going the same time because of things you can't control, at least you understand the perceived effort that is supposed to coincide with that pace. And it is all perceived effort. There is, you can't, you can't take time to stop and check your heart rate in the middle of an 800. You have to perceive the effort. So when I, yeah, that was the thing that made this a little bit more difficult when I was a kid and we had to do stuff because you were just going off the pace clock, but like one coach would say, don't look until you're done. One coach would say, look at the 50. And it's like, if I look at the 50 of a 400, I'm stopping a, which you don't do in a race. Yeah. But it was just, it's just can be a little difficult. I think if you don't have it visible and it's not one of those things for all the triathletes who love to watch their Garmin, like it's. I don't know, the best movie of all time, but you can't do that. You're going to have to become comfortable with the feeling you get associated with the level of effort so that you get back up to that. And then, you know, right. like, okay, this is right. This is how I feel when I'm going this fast. Understood. It's more of a feeling. So some, some sets that I like to help with work on pace is repeat distances. So repeat 100s, repeat 200s, uh, repeat 400s even. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, someone has to work up to that, but keeping track of the times week by week for those, I would say people can, should do those workouts or that set, whatever set it is they determined that, that they like to do, they should be doing that once a week. 
So oh, if, really? If, yeah. If you're training for a quathlon and Miami Man, and you only have to swim a thousand yards, or is it a thousand meters? I don't remember. It's probably meters. It was it's like a thousand water. meters. Yeah. yeah. It's open water. It's meters. All right. Well, then I would only I would be more focused on doing to start 4050s. Can I keep the same time for all 4050s? Okay. Maybe you have 15 seconds rest the first week, but then the second week or the third week, you do those 4050s. Maybe the time is the same, but the rest is less. All right. So you can experiment a little bit and okay. increase the time. Why would you decrease the rest? Then that's more so of a training set, right? Well, you decrease the rest to get it closer to that overall distance. Okay. Right, so it's, it's less rest. So you, you always want it to be broken to up to mimic the full distance. You don't always, but that's how I would start. Right? If okay, you that's an easy It's an easy stepping entry. stone. Right, and then you could up, up it to 100s if you want. And then you could do 10 100s. And you could do, I'll go all the way to, you know, a straight 1,000 if you wanted. I don't always like to do that, but for a 1,000-yard swim, I wouldn't mind doing that. But if someone wanted to do 2.4 miles straight, I don't think that is helpful unless it's just a confidence thing for that individual like oh i need to prove to myself i can make it this entire distance mm -hmm. before i go do my iron man which i get and i understand right but i would never write a workout that was just okay it goes from a straight 2.4 oh that sounds so not boring. very helpful so boring not just boring you're gonna well, there's no point pick up bad habits in that 2.4 if you just swim it straight yeah you will probably start to do what most people do you go Oh, I've got to swim a 2.4. I know if I swim my slowest pace, I can make it. All right? So there's something that we have to differentiate. Now. Yeah. If you're just trying to swim and finish the swim, your pace work will be at your, your race pace will be your zone two or your level, lo lowest level of effort that you can put forward just in order to finish the race. Once you get out of that mindset, which you should not stay in that mindset for more than a season of triathlon, by mm -hmm. the way. So if someone's three years into yeah, if someone's three years into their triathlon career and they go, oh yeah, I can make the like the swim. I just I just go the slowest possible I can just to make sure I make it. You might want to reevaluate how you approach training, um, and so that the the goal should be once you know you can survive the swim, you have that confidence. The goal should be. Can I go a zone three for the entire swim? All right, so we're looking for like 75% right. effort or greater, maybe 85% effort at, at the top end for that entire distance, whatever that distance swim is that you're going to be performing. The only way that you can learn how to do that pace work is to force yourself to do it repetitively over and over again in a controlled environment where you can measure the distance, measure the time, and know your perceived effort okay, I know I'm working hard. Right. Can I repeat these 50s 40 times in a row and still get the same time? Um, as opposed to, to showing up to the pool with the mindset of, I just have to finish my hour-long workout. It's a different just mindset. Just make it through. Right? Yeah. So some workouts I completely understand and, and agree with. Sometimes you just got to make it through. Other workouts, you need to be very specific about how hard you're going to work. You're going to show up. That's not the goal. The goal is not to show up. The goal is right. can you make your goal times repetitively for that distance that you're training for. Um, once you understand your pacing and you've worked on your pacing, the way it translates 
translates into open water is it gives you variety, it gives you options. Uh, open water is basically no rules, mm -hmm. right? Obviously there's rules about how you compete with other people, but there's no rules that approach open water. You don't have to breathe every three, you don't have to breathe right. on one side. It can be determined by situation. And same thing by pace. If I come up to a, a current that's gonna push me off course, well, I might wanna start going fast so I get through that current versus go the same pace mm -hmm. and get pushed further off course. Or if I know the currents because I've, I've asked the lifeguard on the beach or the race director and they go, oh, there's a current at this buoy, there's a current at that buoy, I might wanna make sure I sprint at that those points and then back off and go my zone two the rest of the time, so now I'm sort of averaging a zone three pace for the entire swing. You can almost, I mean, that's what a lot of people do with the bike, like in triathlon, or if you're just biking, like, oh, hill coming up. I gotta get ready for that hill. No one is going into a hill slowly, and if you are, what's wrong with you? <laughs> kind of. So it's like the same kind of like you're yeah. getting ready to move through this obstacle that you have no control over. Let's do it yeah. the best you can. Don't just, yeah. uh oh. Wave's gonna get me, might as well just keep going the same pace. Right. That's not smart. And so with open water swimming, the other sort of thing to keep in mind isn't just wind or currents, there's buoys. Buoys mm -hmm. always cause bottlenecks, right? So for some athletes, as they get a little bit more proficient in at competing, they will, usually the first buoy is about 200 meters away, maybe a little bit further. Okay, the but first like the buoy first, in any race? Uh, roughly, yeah. All right, so maybe they take that first 200 meters out pretty quick to, to avoid the bottleneck, but then they turn that buoy, they slow down a little mm -hmm. bit, because now they've, they've gotten in front of the Made bottleneck, the bottleneck is gonna get clog up. Right. Right? <clears throat> so um, there's definitely opportunity there to train for that, where you can write workouts or create workouts where you're doing 200 of a 400 really quickly for the first 200 and then the second 200 back off to your zone two, all right? So you can play around with practicing that in a regular pool. But this is all part of pacing mm -hmm. as well. The other part of pacing uh, that we have to be aware of in open water is packs, right? For most triathlon, it's going to be um, not draft legal, so you're not allowed to draft on the bike. But in water, in open water, you're always allowed to drive. No one knows if you are or you aren't. So you have to kind of figure out, is it worth you swimming with the pack to get the draft, or is that pack slowing you down? Is it helpful just to have the pack so you don't have to work as hard? Mm -hmm. Those things. So keeping that in mind is also really important when it comes to open water. Um, an obvious way to start working on pace out of the open water in the regular pool is with a tempo trainer. Um, okay. We use tempo trainers all the time at Swimbox, but with tempo trainers, you get the opportunity to kind of find the cadence and learn your perceived effort. Why don't you explain what a tempo trainer is? So a tempo trainer is just a little metronome. It's waterproof. You stick it up underneath your cap and it, you set a, a, a cadence or beep for every single time you want your arms to enter the water. And you can play around with it. You can use it for lots of different things. This is just how you would use it for uh, pace work. Right. So I can swim a 400 with my tempo trainer on. I'm gonna try to make sure I set my tempo trainer to somewhere between 60 
in 70 strokes per minute, just depending on the person. Everyone's a little bit different. Below 60, that's really slow. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, most people are somewhere between 63 and 67, but it just strokes depends on the person. Minute. Yep. Um, it just depends on the person, though. But then you can say, okay, I'm going to do 65 strokes per minute for my 400. Does that put me at a heart rate or perceived effort that's too low or too high? For your goal. For my goal right. pace, right? And you can check the time on that and go, okay, well, I want my goal pace. My, my goal time is met, but my heart rate is out of control. This is too fast for me to maintain for the actual race. Mm -hmm. Maybe you back off the stroke rate per minute, see if you go a similar time. Because you could. I, could. I could be spinning my wheels and taking extra strokes in order to keep up with the cadence and be making my effort increase, but my time stay the same or even go slower. Right. So it's something to kind of experiment with and play around with, um, but it's important to, to take that tempo that you find and apply it to open water practice. Uh, if I'm using 65, stroke, 65 strokes per minute and my tempo trainer in the pool, well, can I go to open water, put it in, and still mimic. feel comfortable and mimic that same tempo and pace that I've been working at outside mm -hmm. of the open water. Which I, will be hard, obviously, because yeah. you don't know the conditions, but you have to prepare yourself for not knowing the conditions. Mm -hmm. Now, I have heard of someone writing a race report. I didn't. Even, I did read part of the race report that they use the tempo trainer in an Ironman. And That's allowed. That was my question. Is that allowed? As far as I know, it is. I don't think it will be allowed for much longer. Seems kind of cheaty. I would never do that for two reasons, because it does feel a little unethical. Yeah. But that's also coming from a swim background where you're not allowed to have any electronic devices on you at all. You can't even have a hairband on your wrist anymore. Right. So where it's different in the triathlon world, it's encouraged in the triathlon world. They don't so, see it as like, you're not wearing fins, so how are right. you cheating? Right. But once you understand pace and how it helps you know what you're doing, like it's definitely, right. to me, definitely seems like you're getting an edge over everyone else. Cause right. you don't know when you can't hear it. Exactly. So that's why um, it's important to keep in mind, well, maybe it's not completely ethical or maybe it is legal and it fits in for you and that's fine if it's your call it morals or whatever your right. competitive morals you can that's sleep fine. with yourself at night that's fine I, I don't you know i don't really have a problem with it as long as it's not breaking any rules but my other point is that i wouldn't want it because i will be changing paces i right I, just like trail running you know i'm going to change pace dependent on what the situation is so i wouldn't want to have a metronome telling me a pace that i wouldn't be sticking with it would yeah. just drive me crazy that would be so really I'm strange. Gonna, I'm going to break through packs. I'm going to slow down and track off of people. I will attack buoys. I will slow down after buoys. Right? So I, once I see the, the finish line, I will increase my pace. So I think it's really hard to do that when you have a metronome setting a tempo yeah. for you. It's a little bit How different. How do you ignore that? I, don't, I'm not, I would not be good at ignoring it. It would, it would throw me off big time. No, I don't. Yeah. Um, some other ways to work on pace that I find really enjoyable uh, is swim golf. Everyone knows swim golf, right? <laughs> Lissa apparently hates it. <laughs> so I used to, 
I say I, when I was in college and we did swim golf in college, it was a little bit different than I think how I've seen tri coaches approach swim golf. The way that we would do it in college is the coach would give us a distance and a time. Mm -hmm. And it was the person who can go that distance closest to the time would win. Does that make sense? I understand what you're saying, but the reason why I hate it so much, well, obviously because when I was younger it was just ugh, so boring because I never actually tried. When you're a little and you're doing some practices like that, it can get a little tedious to make those things. I'm going to put forth all my effort, says 12-year-old who really just wants to go to McDonald's after practice. Um, but now I think it teaches really bad habits because it's going to teach you to try to make that number so hmm. people are going to stretch, See, so that's, and that's, that's not the part good. That's not do in college. That's what I'm talking about. We only did distance, the distance that you have to travel, and the time you have to do it in. So you didn't do any count. strokes. Right. So that's probably the worst thing that you could do is tell someone the number of right. strokes. That's how we always did it. Right. And so that's I why we I think it's such, it has such a negative impact. Right. I, I would agree. It is not a good idea to say you're going to swim a 50. You can only take 24 strokes for that entire 50. Yeah. And you also have to do that 50 in 35 seconds. Right. Because then but all technique goes out the window and you yeah. only think about those things and it becomes a game that all of a sudden negatively impacts you. Stroke count is not important versus stroke consistency, which is important. Right. Um, so it's more important to have a, a consistent stroke count. For example, if I'm doing a 50, if I go 12 strokes on the first 25 and then 18 strokes on the second 25, I've done something horribly wrong. It should be 12 and 12. Make sense? Right? It should be a consistent stroke count. Now. So that would be my recommendation is that if you want to do a game or something that's going to stimulate, stimulate you differently than just a swim practice, mm -hmm. get good at knowing distance and pace. So like we said, like I said, it would be always be, okay, you're going to swim this distance and you have to go this time, but there was never any restrictions on stroke. So if I knew I would swim my, my uh, sprint 50 freestyle from a push, on a, I don't know, 25 or something like that. Mm -hmm. so that's what I would do if it was the goal time was 25. It would just be a sprint. <laughs> All right, so it's knowing those paces for the strokes and for your distances that was tricky. But obviously for a triathlete, you just gotta know distance. So yeah, just if you know distances and time, you can very easily start to, to know your pace. It's a good game to play to figure that out. I mean, I also always felt really proud of myself when I nailed the time exactly. So that's no big deal. No big deal. I, I know how to swim a 50 at, on a 32. It's fine. It's called breaststroke for me. It's whatever, guys. <laughs> that's what I got going on. So, <laughs> you know, um, do you have any else, anything else to add to this, to the suggestions of how to determine pace or work on pace or the importance of pace for open water swimming and in general just swimming? Um, I mean, I did it incorrectly literally my whole entire life growing up when I was competing. Um, I never, like I said earlier, like I never did it correctly until a couple of years ago to practice. So I didn't understand that it could actually help you. I do now, but- Any blog posts on it? No, because I don't understand it. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll write one soon once I understand it. I think we should write a blog post about pace so that you can understand it. I can do that. Um, I don't know. Like I have such a negative relationship with it based off of my entire swimming career, for lack of a better term, because I swam since I was six years old all the way through college, and then I swam again for a few years after college, and I didn't get it. No one took the time to explain why it would be helpful. Yeah. And so because of that, I just thought it was a filler in my practice. Like, oh, the coach doesn't want to figure out something to actually benefit me. We're going to do 10 200s pace or like 10 200s negative split. Pace and negative split, I hate. And then it also makes me, it also What's reminds me. What's a negative me, split since you just mentioned oh, it? Oh, negative split would be if you, so take a 200. You want your second 100 of the 200 to be faster than your first 100. And that's another way to work on pace. Right. Right. Those at least, that I could understand because it was a simple concept. It is this sentence, done. I can do that, sure. But I, I, I always associated pace with distance per stroke, which is a terrible way to swim because then you're, only, you're, you're literally stretching out, which is how people used to be taught, which we know now is incorrect. Right. So it, to me, it has a negative connotation just because of that. Yeah. But now I understand that it's helpful and useful. The only because thing how are you going to know how fast you're going in a race if you don't understand your perceived effort in conjunction with what that time equates to? Right. So my, my only other like additional point to this is um, the best time to work on pace is not at the beginning of your off-season, right? At the beginning of the off-season, you should be more concerned about technique work mm -hmm. versus pace. But maybe halfway through the off season, you want to start more focused on pace work, building endurance, and so that by the time you're in season, you already know those paces. But that's you're going to be doing more endurance work, more pace work in season than technique work. In theory, right? Obviously, everyone is different. Training plans are different. Everyone has different requirements. But for the most part, when it comes to training or planning a season off-season time is technique oriented and then you slowly add more and more distance and speed work to it as you get closer to season so that as you are like right upon the season you're doing a lot of speed work more pace work and then the speed work will die down during the season as your pace work pretty much stays the same mm -hmm. during the season uh, so just keeping that in mind as well I think it's important to know when it, it's appropriate to work on pace if you're going about this on your own Right. Um, or if your swim coach or your tri coach doesn't have this written into their plans, it's something you might want to talk to them about as well. All right? Yeah. Anything else to talk to or add to about pace before we uh, say we're done? Good? No, I'm good. All right. Don't wait 26 years to understand how to do it properly. Solid <laughs> advice. Solid advice. All right. Well, that is it for today's podcast. Uh, next time, I can't remember what we're going to be talking about next time. Donuts? Drafting? Cupcakes. Drafting. Okay. Probably drafting. Drafting so, and donuts. next time we'll be talking about drafting Alliteration! So cute. Drafting and donuts. <laughs> That's what we'll be talking about next time on the podcast. We will see you then. Bye! Bye!